0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: Seven words that'll scare any politician.
2: Roy Green is holding on line one. The Roy Green
1: Show on the Chorus Radio Network continues.
3: She stood in the street, smiling from my
1: head to her feet. I said, hey, what is this? Now, baby, maybe, maybe
0: she's in here. Hector McMillan, the uh, mayor of Trent Hills, Ontario. Dwayne Eckert of uh, Saskatchewan. Justin Masotti of Hamilton, Ontario. Three Canadians were battling cancers, which carried them an assurance of death. According to Canadian doctors, they were going to die. They each requested different treatments, nanonife pancreatic surgery for Hector McMillan and Duane Eckert and DMSO and chemotherapy plus additional therapies by 17-year-old Justin Massotti to battle his rare form of brain cancer. Again, they were all denied by Canada's medical system as experimental. Mayor McMillan and uh, the Eckert family flew to Germany for the nanonife surgery by Dr. Matthias Berth, who has conducted more than 100 such surgeries. He told us that on air last weekend. While Justin Massadi and his father Mike made their way to a Tijuana clinic in Mexico, Hector McMillan is back in Canada. The Eckerts are returning, and Justin Massadi remains at the Mexican clinic with his father Mike. Uh, All are doing significantly better, yet provincial health care systems in Ontario and Saskatchewan refuse to fund their out-of-country medical expenses. Please keep trying to call Mike and Justin. Uh, We're having trouble getting through to the Massadis in uh, in Tijuana, but we'll keep on trying. But we do have Mayor Hector McMillan from uh, Trent Hills in in Ontario. Hector, you were the you were the first person who alerted us to what was going on, and it, and and if you had not been as direct as you were, by the f- to the fact that you were being denied the uh, nano knife surgery, even though the equipment existed in the city of Toronto, in a Toronto hospital, who knows whether um, Doctor Burt would have become. As familiar as he is, increasingly with Canadian patients, and who knows what would have happened. So, you made a lot of things happen with your determination.
1: Thanks, Roy. Good to talk to you again. Um,
0: Tell us I, first of all how you're doing.
1: Well, I'm excellent. Do I sound like a dying man to you? No, you don't. I'm great.
0: So you you feel good. You're um, there's there's no there are no there are no uh, no no issues that are ongoing and uh, nope. I'm fine. Just like that?
3: Just
1: like that.
0: And the surgery was about a month ago?
1: Oh, it's more than that now. Um, October 6th.
0: So you were about to say something, Heck, before I interrupted and asked you to tell us how you were doing.
1: Well, I was just going to say that uh, we've lost track now between my sister and I because we haven't compared notes. But we know we've we've helped um, send over 30 patients to... uh, Two Strolsons, uh, some haven't got there yet, but are, but are booked. Some are already home, and as you said, the Eckert family is there, and they're getting ready to come home.
0: Um, Sean, how's your dad doing? Sean Eckert joins us from Germany. His father had the surgery by uh, Dr. Bird as well. How's your dad doing? Good,
4: improving every day. Uh, IRE nanonife surgery was on December 1st, and he had to have a second follow-up procedure that scoped and flushed out uh, his stomach cavity uh, about a week ago. So he's doing good, and we're, we're set to fly out this Friday, and geared up, and each day he's improving, and we've seen probably half a dozen Canadian families in the three weeks that we've been over here uh, book in, come over. I've helped out two more that are planning to come as well or looking at the research to come over here, so I believe that the Canadian uh, Airways will be busy bringing pancreatic patients
0: to uh, Dr. or Professor Burt. Uh, how, how did you find out about Dr. Burt?
1: Um, my sister found it on research and as well as uh, friends uh, pointed it out to me through uh, the uh, crowdfunding page that the uh, uh, Friends of the Fire Department had set up. Um, and uh, we were already underway and, and, and uh, working on a, a going to Dr. Martin in Kentucky and when we realized that we were never going to be able to re- afford the hospital care in Kentucky, uh, that's when we contacted Dr.
0: Burt. Okay, let's back it up, her uh, Heck, and tell us, please, from the beginning, how things developed with you. When when did you first found, find out that you had pancreatic cancer, and what was oh, offered to what was offered to you in the way of, of medical treatment? And and then how did the remind us how your story developed?
1: A year ago, August, I was having back pain, and um, having previously been a a big guy, 300 pounds, um, I was used to back pains. I didn't think much of it. And after a couple of months, it started to get worse, and I noticed that it was significantly worse about 20 minutes after reading. Um, after a couple of nights in a row, um, I decided to Google it, and uh, every site came up that said that I had pancreatic can- or, sorry, uh, pancreatitis. So I got a hold of my surgeon. And he ordered a CT, and they said, yes, there is pancreatitis, but there's also a shadow and two more escalated CTs, and they told me that I had um, uh, pancreatic cancer as well, and three lymph nodes that were active in my left upper chest. They declared me as stage four, told me I'd already had my lifetime supply of radiation when I had esophageal cancer um, six years ago now, and said, um, sorry, there's nothing we can do other than give you fulferinox, uh, chemotherapy and, uh, you've got, if you stay on, if you stay on the, the chemotherapy, you'll live a maximum of 11 months. I was not able to stay on the, on the fulpirinox Uh, I was only able to do five treatments of that. And that's when I started using alternative remedies, uh, Noni juice, graviola drops, uh, cannabis oil, alkaline water, chaga tea. I threw the kitchen sink at it with natural remedies and, um, Lo and behold, I uh, had a, uh, a PET scan done, and I no longer had uh, cancerous lymph nodes in my chest. And I said, well, that requires a downgrade. And they refused to downgrade me, even though I had letters from uh, Dr. Martin in Kentucky and a letter from my surgeon here in Ontario stating that I should be downgraded to, to stage 2, maybe a stage 3. And uh, OHP refused to recognize that, and they just wrote me off.
0: And this was about the time that we started speaking with you, right?
1: That's right.
0: And so you found Dr. Burt, and you made the uh, necessary arrangements to go and see him. And there were quite a number of people who contributed to uh, to your uh, to your costs at um, GoFundMe.com. Which, Absolutely, which helped out uh, a great deal for you. And and but the province of Ontario insisted and maintained, even though you were in touch with them and you and you dealt with uh, with OHIP, uh, they insisted that they would not provide you with, uh, with with funding. Talk to us about that, please.
1: Well, I was going through an appeal process because I received a, a very firm no that I was denied from from OHIP. So I started going through the Health Services and Review Board appeal process, and. Um, Dr. Thompson, representing OHIP, said that uh, uh, it would be far in my favor if I had a letter from an Ontario physician stating that uh, my, my uh, cancer should be downgraded rather than an American one, which would carry little weight, he said. Uh, so I went ahead and got that letter and submitted it. And um, they held a third case conference telephone call afterwards and disputed the letter stating that. Um, I now required a fine needle biopsy of the lymph nodes for me to prove that they're not cancerous, even though the PET scan in Ottawa said they weren't. But previously, i had seen a Dr. Sean Cleary in, uh, at, at Princess Market in Toronto, and uh, he also said that a, a fine needle biopsy would prove it to him that I should be uh, downgraded and get back inside the Ontario standard of care box but there was only two doctors that were capable of performing such a procedure and they just don't have time for you
0: Is that what you were told
1: That's what I was told They That's don't the have case. time for you Yeah well basically once you're once you're stage 4 they pay little attention to you they just write you off
0: So you were offered essentially then palliative care given a you I don't want to put words in your mouth but given a timeline offered palliative ter- care and that was it
1: My final report before I started taking things into my own hands specifically said recommended palliative chemotherapy.
0: Let me take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Sean Eckert about his dad and how that story developed and how Mr. Eckert found his way to Stralsund in Germany. And we've been able to connect with uh, Mike Masotti and his son Justin who are at the clinic in Tijuana. And we'll also, before the end of the hour, we will play back for you the interview that I did last weekend with Dr. Burt. Stay with us.
2: Don't let his bark fool you. Roy has a softer side, too. This is
1: the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: We're talking to Canadians who have cancer diagnosis, who were told in this country that they were terminal. And uh, there wasn't going to be any treatment for them that they wanted. And it was essentially palliative care that they were offered, palliative care to take them to the day that they would die. They determined and they decided they wanted, in the case of the pancreatic cancer surgeries, um, what had they done outside of Canada since it wasn't available here. And you know the rest of the story. Surgeries were done in Germany by Dr. Matthias Bert from uh, Stralsund in Germany. And we'll give you the uh, the information on how to get in touch uh, with Dr. Burt before the end of the segment. I also want to let you know that I just received an email a few minutes ago from another Canadian, from the child of a Canadian who has just been uh, treated by Dr. Burt, just had the pancreatic nanonife nano surgery, and according to the person who emailed me, the parent is doing extremely well. Uh, Sean Eckert, we we do have a connection with uh, in in Mexico with uh, Mike and Jason Masati. Mike, let me quickly say hello to you. Great to have you back with us, and we'll talk to you in a couple of minutes. Thank you. Nice to be here. All right, um, Sean, tell us your tell us your, your father's story and how you how you how you made it from Saskatchewan. How you went from Saskatchewan to Germany? What was the path? How did it happen?
4: Our path began, uh, or our situation began back in April with, uh, let's say, a cumbersome diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. When I say cumbersome, it uh, entailed sitting in hospital beds and hallways of ER rooms, missed appointments for tests because doctors or ambulance forgot to pick up the patient from other hospitals to take him to the testing facilities, staying in a room with a psychiatric patient that was not comfortable for 24 hours a day very stressful situation for our entire family concluded with the diagnosis of pancreatic cancer Um, we were very urgently looking for some form of treatment plan to put together and when it was comments were coming back that we've only had your paperwork for a week we'll call you when we're ready That's when we got a little bit aggressive and packed up and took off to the Mayo Clinic with all our testing results down in Phoenix, Arizona to get a second opinion and make sure that there was nothing that the Mayo Clinic could do. Down there, we learned a lot about pancreatic cancer and chemotherapy. We were able to get an oncologist to give us a plan that he would do at the Mayo Clinic and then was in touch with the Alan Blair Cancer Center in Regina to fast track our chemotherapy treatments. So then we came back from the Mayo Clinic in Phoenix, Arizona, returned to Regina smarter, more educated on pancreatic cancer and the treatment plan, began the chemotherapy similar to Hector, did five rounds of chemotherapy throughout the summer, and the results were coming back, that there was minimal to no shrinkage of the tumor. At that point, we were basically told, here's the doomsday clock for your dad, hang it around his neck, and that's all we can do. Combining that situation and having that emotional, very tough conversation with your family and the oncologist, what we learned in the Mayo is that the test should be done about two to three months at minimum after chemotherapy to see if there's any reduction in the tumor size so we really pushed for additional rounds of chemotherapy on the strong strong dosage because dad was uh, doing well as one could be under that strong recipe so as that was happening we were granted the extra two chemotherapy rounds Um, what Saskatchewan Health wanted to do for us was put us on a maintenance chemotherapy till the clock ran out so while we pushed for those other two rounds, we started doing heavy research on alternative methods, and in that time frame, there was also some tests called for a CT and an MRI to check on that tumor again. So two things happened in this point in time: is the results came back that the tumor was shrinking after round six. So then the oncologists at the Allen Blair really wanted to continue with this chemotherapy because all of a sudden we're seeing results, not kind of corresponded with what we learned at the Mayo in that you need at least two to three months of chemotherapy to see anything happening. Mm-hmm. At that time we were doing the research on alternative met- methods and came across the IRE NanoKnife and happened to learn that there was a machine in Saskatoon and there was a machine in Toronto. So this definitely piqued our interest and we had to educate the oncologists that this technology existed within Canada and in the world. So it so happened that the oncologist ran into the surgeon from Saskatoon that had done, I think, seven procedures with this machine in Saskatoon and kind of laid our story on him. For a few days, there was some hope that we were going to get this treatment in Saskatoon with the IRE nano knife machine there. Right. Just as fast as the hope was there. It was then pulled away, and it was stated to us, "Well, if you shell out the fifteen grand, to run the machine in Saskatoon, we could, could possibly do the procedure."
0: So they asked you well, for fifteen They asked you for fifteen thousand dollars.
4: Yes, and keep in mind, this correspondence was never direct yeah. from Sask Health. Everything was an indirect line from the oncologists and coming back through that form. So it was a, a, a very muddy communication line. So. We said, yes, we would pay the 15000 because that is significantly cheaper than coming to Germany and had a hope of having it done. And just as fast as that hope was there, it was pulled away. It was pulled away. So at that time, we had to fast track the Germany tour, and that's when our on- oncologist in Sask Health ba- basically said, we're not going to fire up the machine in Saskatoon for at least three to four months, so you better get to Germany. So that's when we started our our, uh, logistics arrangements. We had to go off of chemotherapy for at least three weeks. We got in contact with Hector McMillan. We got in contact with Colleen, another lady from Canada who had the procedure. We started putting our research.
0: Sean, I'm going to to have to take a break in about a minute. So can you just, I'm sorry, I don't want to rush you, but can you just give us an idea of how you got to Germany?
4: So, yeah, combined all our research and our logistics research from Hector and a couple of fellow Canadians who have been over here and started uh, packing our bags and making that plan, really put a lot of faith in something that we didn't know much about but heard uh, positive results from fellow Canadians and said, you know, let's take this doomsday clock off of our dad's neck and let's get over here and get this monster removed from his body, which it has been, was removed December 1st dealing with some regi- residual recovery, but nothing like dealing with cancer and counting down the clock. So it's two thumbs up, and it's going to be the best Christmas for our entire family and yeah. our entire
0: support group. Yeah, I wonder, you know, it's such a such a positive outcome for you and for, for, uh, for Hector, and then uh, the email that I received a, a little while ago, a few minutes ago from from the, uh, the the child, I don't want to give away the gender because the parents don't want to be mentioned, um, but also another positive story. Now, Dr. Burt did tell us this pancreatic nano knife surgery is not the silver bullet, but you're gonna hear what he said to me. We're gonna play that back for you before the end of the hour. We're going to take a break now, and uh, you can bring the pots down. We're, we're gonna take a break now, and then when we come back, we're gonna speak more with uh, Sean Eckert, with Hetka McMillan, and we'll involve and engage in conversation with Mike Massotti and his son, Justin, who are at the clinic in Tijuana. They have a pressing issue as far as finances are concerned. Um, It's $10,000 a week in, in Tijuana, so it's rough on them. Stay with us.
2: Compassionate, caring, and cuddly.
1: This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. My guests are uh, Michael and Justin Masati They are in uh, Tijuana, Mexico. Sean Eckert is in Stralsund in Germany, and uh, Hector McMillan is in the province of Ontario in Trent Hills where he is the mayor. They are uh, Justin and, um, and Sean's dad, Dwayne, and Hector are cancer patients, and you know the stories as we've been developing them and we've talked to them before on the program. Before we play back the interview with Dr. Burt and then have Heck and Sean and Mike and Justin on together. Mike, uh, how is Justin's health now and uh, since the last time we spoke? and uh, Talk to us about the progress that has been made.
3: Justin's health continues to improve. He's doing exercises. He keeps walking. Um, he's still blind. But, uh, it continues to improve, and his eating continues to improve. So it, uh, the the treatment is working.
0: And uh, tell us again when this all began, and and how you found your way to Tijuana, Mexico. At what point did you say, we're not accepting what you're telling us? The only options are in Canada, in Ontario. Walk us through that, please.
3: Well, you know, we we went through a period of time where, I mean, we were told that there was no treatment for Justin. Basically, none of the treatments were going to work. Maybe chemo might extend it. So at first, we didn't, you know, we we were an average uh, person, you know, Canadians that didn't really know anything about, uh, we had to trust the doctors and what they were saying. Once over time, we learned uh, what we needed to do. We found out there were places around the world and once uh, Justin's condition got to a point where he was going, you know he was close to dying, we uh, we found the clinic in Mexico, and um, we we came down here.
0: And the only option that you were offered in Canada, as I recall you telling us on the air, and we you and know, I've spoken also personally, is that uh, Justin was offered chemotherapy and he was offered a stay in a hospital in Hamilton, but it wasn't going to change things. This was just, Uh, this was going to be done in a palliative way, and he was going to die. This wasn't a curative effort.
3: That's right. So we were going to get chemotherapy without the DMSO or the other 15 treatments that we get down here. And, yes, the doctor was very clear. He's going to die. It's not going to help.
0: So they were going to pay for the hospital room. They were going to pay for the chemotherapy that wasn't going to help or extend Justin's life, but they're not paying for the treatments that are improving Justin's life in Mexico. That's correct. And he's put on 40 pounds in weight, or had the last time we talked?
3: Yes, and he's put on another 10 pounds since. And he's doing uh, uh, physiotherapy to get himself in shape. He's building muscle mass. Um, Yeah, he's he's getting in better shape.
0: Justin, uh, you can hear me, right? Yeah. How How are you feeling, Justin?
3: Oh, I'm feeling so much better.
0: You sound even, I mean, you sound better than the last time I talked to you.
3: Thank you. That's what people tell me as well.
0: And uh, we saw the video of you doing uh, exercises, running in place, and then you did that kind of cool soccer move, the little run to the left, the little run to the right. You uh, you still doing all that stuff?
3: Yeah, I still do all I'm working out with uh, weights too and building all my muscle back.
0: Wow. Um. Let me do this, Mike. I'm going to put you... Uh, right. we are to. We're just going to pull... Uh, we're just going to take you guys off the air for a moment. Just pull down the pots. And uh, we'll come back to our guests. But I want you to listen to the interview that I did last weekend with uh, Dr. Matthias Bert from Stralsund, from the hospital in Germany, when I talked to Dr. Bert about the pancreatic nanoknife surgery that he has done for Canadians like Dwayne Eckert, and Mayor Hector McMillan. Here's how it went. How many 9 pancreatic surgeries have you done and what's the success rate?
2: So at the moment we have started two years ago and we have treated uh, roughly more than 100 patients meanwhile. So the success rate is a little bit uh, hard to describe because The the run following the procedure is very short at the moment, but we still have some patients from the beginning two years ago which which are still uh, cancer-free at the moment, or at least we we do not have any signs for progress. But, of course, there are some other patients which have developed or metastasis or even a local recurrence following the treatment as well
0: the nanonive surgery explain that to us please and, and and what does it offer the pancreatic cancer patient because without that surgery from what i understand the only thing that's going to happen is they're going to die
2: that's right that's right i think it's 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 common that pancreatic cancer is the cancer, or, or one of the cancers, probably with the worst prognosis at all. So, the only the only choice at the moment is to resect the tumor completely. But even if you can resect the tumor completely, the so long-term term survival is just or it's just uh, possible in 20 to 25 percent at all, unfortunately. So, even in these patients many become in the further future metastasis or even a local recurrence. The prognosis is very bad if you do not can resect the tumor and you have a so-called local advanced tumor, mostly because the tumor is growing around the vessels, the vessel for the bowel, for the small bowel, which called mesenteric artery or the hepatic artery, which runs to the, to the liver. And is responsible for the blood, blood supply of the liver, and in this cases, which you cannot resect the tumor, uh, the only choice at the moment is uh, chemotherapy, which might be prolong the survival very shortly. Otherwise, there, there is a radiation therapy, but actually, without bad results as well. So, you- in in these cases, with local advanced tumor. The, the irreversible electroporation, which uses short, repetitive, uh, non-thermal, high-energy pulses of electricity, uh, this can destroy tumor cells.
0: So the electrical charge it, destroys the, the tumor cell.
2: Yes. Yes. So you you're under general anesthesia. You have to put in electrodes, needles. Uh, directly into are on the on the border on the tumor and uh, then you have some short pulses of electricity between the needles for several minutes Yeah, and these pulses destroy the tumor and leaving the surrounded tissue veins nerves and ducts unaffected so healthy cells and tissue can grow back again and to regenerate within this area.
0: Uh, Dr. Bert, is nanonife pancreatic surgery widely available in Germany and in Europe generally? Because you know, and I don't expect you to criticize the Canadian healthcare system, but but you do know that Mayor McMillan, Mr. Eckert, and the Ontario patient on whom you operated this week were not able to obtain nanoknife surgery for their pancreatic surgeries in this country.
2: Yeah, so... Uh, We do it in an open fashion, and in this procedure, what is very important is that you have to have a lot of experience and competence in intraoperative ultrasound, which is is necessary to guide the needle placement. And that's why we are the hospital in Germany which have started with that technique in the past. But meanwhile, in the last two years, a lot of big hospitals uh, visited us especially university hospitals and i know that there are some other universities which just started with the nanonav treatment as well so i expect that in the in the further future more clinics will uh,
0: will start with that technique what do you need to know about a canadian patient before you my degree to go ahead with the surgery? What, what has to happen?
2: So what I, what I have to know is, of course, the exact stadium of the, of the pancreatic cancer. So uh, it's important that the, that the pancreatic cancer have no spread, the sp- spread in other parts of the body, especially in the liver or on the peritoneum, it's a, it's actually a contraindication. Of course there are some patients, not so many but some which have a very long stable run, even with some metastasis. Then you can you can think or discuss that, that topic. But actually it's just for local locally advanced pancreatic cancer without any metastasis. Alright. So this is the first point. Right. The second one of course is that the patient has to be in a in a stable condition. The general condition condition of the patient uh, must be good enough to travel and to have this
0: treatment. All right, Doctor Bert, I, th- I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. The Stralsund uh, Hospital. That's S T R A L S U N D. I'll tweet it and put it on my webpage in Germany. Doctor Matthias Bert, thank you so much, and thanks for taking care of our Canadians, Doctor Bert. No problem. So there's Dr. Matthias Burt, as we spoke last, uh, last weekend. Heck, as you, uh, as you hear Dr. Burt, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? Hector? Yeah. When you uh, hear Dr. Uh, Burt, what are you feeling? What are you thinking?
1: He, he's, uh, he's a reasonable man as well as a professional, and he did what I expected doctors in Ontario would do and said, yes, your lymph nodes are no longer active. You're a candidate.
0: Sean, what about you? When you hear the doctor who operated on your dad, after you told us what happened uh, in Saskatchewan, what emotions do you have when you hear Dr. Burt?
4: Well, he took us from one side of the scale to the other. The fact of the matter is, eight weeks ago, we heard sayings like quality of life and maintenance chemo, to two weeks ago, hearing, I I believe I've removed the entire tumor. So. <laughs> That's what Professor Burt does.
0: All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll have our guests talk to each other a little bit as we wrap up the hour. Stay with us.
1: He's like a superhero without the costume.
2: This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: Uh, Twitter is being uh, somewhat uncooperative. I'm uh, trying to tweet some information, uh, and it's just not working out. Some of it's going, and some of it's posting. Some of it isn't for now. If you're interested in Dr. Matthias Bert. it's uh, just 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 Google search his name for now, and it'll be the first entry you'll see. It's M-A-T-T-H-I-A-S, and the last name is B-I-R-T-H, like birth. So if you go to uh, at the Roy Green Show on Twitter. I've got that much there for you, and I'll get the rest before the end of the show, or at least the end of the day. We have five minutes left. I'm going to put everybody on together, Sean Eckert, uh, Hector McMillan, Mike and Justin Mas- uh, Masotti, uh Guys, um, please talk to each other. What needs to be said? What haven't we covered? Anybody?
1: Well, I think it's, it's, it's amazing that the Eckerts were offered to pay to go to Sask Health, which is the exact same thing that happened to the Rolands from Alberta. And then they turned around and finally figured out on two occasions that two-tier, two-tier health care is illegal in Canada. And they can't charge those fees, which is why they were turned down. But what's really amazing is how little our docs know about new technology and alternative treatments. And there's now 180 nano knives around the world. And when I started out this, this crusade, I guess, for lack of a better word, there was 50 of them in the United States several months ago, and there's now 102.
0: So the, obviously the technology and the surgery is becoming more and more widely accepted and quickly, and it can't be called an experimental surgery, I would think, in this country much longer. Mike, what do, what needs to be said about, about your situation and Justin's situation?
3: I can't, I can't believe I'm spending over $13,000 Canadian a week on a treatment that is working for him down here, and the government won't cover it. And I can't believe that a country our size, with our as rich as we are, can't can't provide this kind of treatment to Justin for the t- for the type of brain cancer he has. It's shocking to me that we seem to be the third world country.
0: And when when you asked for that particular type of treatment in Canada, their response was,
3: "I'm sorry, right? Say that again."
0: When you asked for the kind of treatment that Justin is getting, what was the response that you got in Canada?
3: I don't get. I haven't got any responses. It's just
4: there's nothing it's nothing from them and' there's, they don't offer anything
0: Sean what do you want to add to all of this
4: why is our Canadian system so broken when you do the when you don't take the fact that the Canadian doctors tell you and you start doing your research and you start looking outside the borders of Canada there's technology that is amazing to cure a lot of things and to treat a lot of things why aren't we in the Canadian healthcare system also leading the charge on this
0: and we don't know with all due respect and god knows i'm i'm thrilled for everybody who's had success we don't know that the nano knife uh, is cure yet uh, dr bert said as much but clearly the success that you're having heck the success that others who've gone to see him from canada are having the success that uh, justin's experiencing it sure should open people's eyes to the fact that you need to look around you need to find what's available and at times you just need to say I'm taking the bull by the horns, and I'm I'm going to follow this. But our Canadian health care system, which is supposed to take care of us, if these procedures are available to improve the situation, and clearly they are, the health care system in this country should provide them.
3: Absolutely, they should. There's no excuse for 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 having to come down here. I mean, I've spent over two hundred thousand uh, dollars as of this week to to look after Justin. <laughs> When when is that going to end? When are they going to finally say that the system is
0: broken? And, Mike, when you run out of money and you've taken out a $200,000 line of credit, when you run out of money, what then?
3: Then Justin comes home. And and then he gets worse and he dies. I can't believe we're
1: saying... I can't believe I'm hearing this. We're spending billions of dollars on helping third-world countries... Pay for their carbon footprint, and we can't even take care of our own
3: citizens. It's, this is just so wrong. Yeah, billions of dollars, and what's $200,000? What's a million dollars to look after an Ontario citizen? I mean, they're breaking up my family. Like We're split apart. I mean, it, my his parents, his mom can't see him, his brother and sister can't see him, and uh, we can't afford to have anybody down here to look after him. Justin has, has done a video plead of telling people just give money to to a, to a GoFundMe that we've uh, offered out there for people. I mean, we're desperate, and they don't they don't care. I don't understand.
0: Doesn't sound like they care.
3: Well, I mean, I don't even. I mean, even the premier and the minister, I've sent them emails, and I understand they're probably high hiding behind their bureaucrats and lawyers, but not even. Um, How is Justin doing? Nothing.
0: You got a one page letter. Right, Mike? You had a one page letter. Yeah. One page.
3: One page
1: rejection letter. You too, heck. I got the same letter. I'm sure it's just a form letter they changed the name on,
4: cut and paste.
0: Sean, what about you? What about the Eckert family?
4: I got a one page letter from the (laughs) Saskatchewan government as well.
0: Saying, too bad. Too bad. Sorry for you, but too bad.
4: And
1: in Ontario, you stage four, it's a death sentence. They just, they just turn their back on you. All the doors close. They don't even suggest it. And I know for a fact that Dr. Burt will recommend alternative drugs because one of the, the Canadians who uh, asked for some logistical help to get over there, uh, Dr. Burt had told him that he needed to um, take some alternative uh, treatments first yeah. to stop the spread and he suggested mistletoe
0: there's um, all
1: kinds of alternative stuff and our docs won't even mention it
0: all right gentlemen I thank you uh, guys I thank you so much for joining us today and and people care deeply it's Christmas time people care deeply and our governments ought to care and we'll follow up we'll follow up with you and remember the GoFundMe pages Mike Justin thank you guys all the best uh, I mean what else do you say all the best We'll work for you as much as we can. heck, thank you, Sean to the Eckerd family. Uh, looking forward to you guys getting back to Canada. all the, I'll say it again. all the best to you Merry Christmas. Thank
4: you.
0: Well, thank you. we'll come Thanks, back and Roy. wrap
3: Thank you. Ryan.
0: We'll come back and wrap up after this.